This podcast is an unedited excerpt from an MCLE program presented at MCLE's Conference Center in Boston, Massachusetts. Please note that MCLE's products, services, and communications are offered solely as an aid to developing and maintaining professional competence. The statements in this recording may not apply to your circumstances, and no legal, tax, accounting, or other professional advice is being rendered by MCLE or its speakers. For full terms and conditions, please see the MCLE website. So who can actually serve a subpoena? So in regards to a subpoena, according to the rules, um, it can be anybody over the age of 18, all right, as long as they're not being involved in, in the legal proceedings in question, all right? But preferably, you want to get a, definitely get a constable, okay? Definitely get a constable. Um, and um, you want to make sure that it's important to note that you don't want it to be yourself, okay? Because um, you don't want to have conflict and things of that nature. So you definitely want to get somebody who's um, at least a constable or somebody who's just an independent party to the case. All right. Uh, one of the things I also want to mention um, is in regards to fees, um, particularly when it comes to witness subpoenas, because sometimes people get confused about this part as well. So when it comes to fees for your witness subpoenas, um, there are fees. There are fees for one day's attendance in mileage allowed by law that has to be tendered when it comes to a witness who is a non-party um, at the time that the subpoena is served, okay? So witness fees are, the rule says, the witness fees are $6 a day. It's $6 a day and 10 cents a mile for travel from home, or they say it's usually a place of business or employment for a specified witness. Um, so normally what I will do is I will write a check for um, that amount um, for the, the trial date, or sometimes what um, constables will do if you use a constable is, um, or for those that might be uh, experienced practitioners that have used constable services, in addition to um, their service fee, and basically they'll serve and then they'll send you a bill, they, that constable will also remit a payment to that witness and then bill you um, that witness fee and um, that constable fee as well. But either or, just know that witness fees are um, something that is required, that are $6 a day uh, and 10 cents a mile um, for a travel from home. So let's go ahead and get into deposition subpoenas. So Sometimes people get a little bit confused. I think at the beginning of my practice, I got confused with uh, deposition subpoenas and uh, the deposition subpoena tecum a little bit. So a uh, subpoena uh, due to tecum. So uh, deposition subpoenas are very uh, different from what we just talked about. So um, when we're talking about depositions, we talked about that being uh, oral testimony that is given, all right? That is governed by rules of civil procedure rule 30 that is typically conducted at an attorney's office, either by a, stenogra a stenographer, uh, it can be audiovisual or audio, um, and um, that's typically transcribed, and it's, a, it's an opportunity for a lawyer to be able to ask questions and for a witness to answer those questions, all right? And that's usually often as a strategy to anticipate 
what someone may say in anticipation of trial, impeachment purposes to at the time of trial, um, that sort of stuff, okay? Um, I also included for everybody's um, convenience a sample for, M um, for MCLE, so you'll be see receiving that too. Um, and I, I believe I also included in the presentation, so I'll be showing that to you guys as well. Um, I th another thing I want to note about the deposition subpoenas is that um, this deposition subpoena can include a section, a Schedule A, as we just saw with the subpoena due to a section with a document request. It can be as lengthy as you want, um, or it can be as short as you want, okay? But it's not a uh, subpoena ducas tecum where you would avoid um, the person coming. A deposition requires the person in documents or the person, okay? Because um, either if, if you're, you're saying that you want the documents and not the person, then it's the subpoena ducas tecum. I just want to make sure that that part is clear. Um, when you are talking about a deposition subpoena, um, the party desiring to take the deposition, the party desiring to take the deposition of any person upon oral examination shall give at least seven days, at least seven days notice in writing to the other party to the action. All right, so at least requires seven days um, before an actual deposition. All right. Um, I prefer to give people more than a courtesy than that. I, you know, I, 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 from what I observe, common practice is a lot longer than seven days. Um, I've seen more like 14, uh, I even seen 30. I like to give 30, honestly. I, I like to give 30. Um, and that's because I like to do my interrogatories first. I like to do my production of documents first, make sure I have responses to all of that first. I, uh, and I like to do a little bit of admission sometimes. Once I feel I have good responses to all of that, I might even do a second round of interrogatories, maybe even a second round of production or documents. And once I feel very strongly I have all of that, then I set down for um, you know a deposition. But with you know everybody's schedule, mine, the deponent, a lawyer's, usually seven days is usually not you know sufficient. So even though the rule requires it, um, typically. Um, people in practice, in theory, uh, give a little bit more uh, time than that. Um, I do want to reiterate this one, even though it, it does seem a bit um, duplicative. Oops. There we go. Duplicative in nature, this in the next one. Um, that the subpoena upon a party which commands the production of documents, um, there, that there is a 30-day compliance. So just a reiteration, any subpoena that requires a command of, of documents or production of document requests, the compliance is, is 30 days, and a subpoena um, shall not require the compliance of a defendant within 40 days, 45 days after service of a summons of complaint, okay? Um, but in common practice, what I've seen is subpoenas are not usually going right out after a summons of complaint. There's usually a lot of other things that people are interested in, in doing, but it depends on your strategy in your cases. Um, and we went over this, I, I think I, I've kind of harped on this a lot, um, and just because I, I just want to make sure people are very um, well aware of that, that time frame about um, objecting and, and all of that sort of stuff. So you, if you're interested in objecting, you've got within the 10 days after service, all right, or within at least the compliance period. So you've got to make your, your objection um, very well known um, 
to that subpoena within the compliance period if such time is less than 10 days after service, okay? So you want to do that my way of motion with the court. Um, or if you need a, uh, you know, the other method too is, um, is also reaching out to that attorney as well. That's obviously another way you can handle it. Um, but I wouldn't wait until the last minute. Um, I would say as soon as you get it, talking to that attorney first about the reasonableness of it, seeing if you can get it tailored, if you think it's beyond the scope. And then if you're starting to get very close to the compliance period and you're seeming to get nowhere with that attorney, you got to file that motion. All right. So don't wait until the ninth day or the 10th day and you call and you're getting nowhere with the attorney. You're putting yourself in a really bad position at that point. As soon as you get it, you need to be trying to work something out with the attorney. Or if you choose not to work anything at all and you want to file a motion, just make sure you're giving yourself uh, ample time. Okay. That's pretty much what I want to get across there. Um, and then as far as um, in, in regards to how far you can request um, someone, a, a resident essentially to be able to be subpoenaed in, in reference to like a hearing or a trial or anything of that nature. Um, they say the span is not worth more than 50 air miles. So just sort of keep that in mind. So that goes back to the, I think essentially the balancing test that we talked about. Um, so they wanna make sure we're not putting an undue burden on people um, and, and expenses on people. So just keep that in mind every time that you are drafting a subpoena, especially those that are, might be listening that are early on in their practice. This is a sample of a notice of deposition. This is, I think this is an older one that was done. So you see the typical case caption. You can do your case uh, caption however you want to, um, but you just gotta make sure you have one. Uh, clearly written with the docket number, the division, the parties involved on clear, clearly stating it's a notice of deposition, making sure you're citing your rule 26, your rules governing uh, discovery, your rule 30, um, which governs depositions. Um, it's a uh, family law case, clearly. Um, and that you're taking the deposition from day to day until it's, uh, it's, it's completed, okay? Um, the other thing I want to note that for, let's say you're on the receiving end of this sort of subpoena, and you can't make it that day. You know, it's a matter of usually just calling them up and saying, hey, I can't make it that day. That's not really non-compliance, just saying you can't make it that day. And nine times out of 10, an attorney will always accommodate, you know, that schedule, um, as long as you have, you know, something reasonable. If you continue and you continue to cancel and you continue to cancel, then you're running the risk of that attorney going to court, filing a motion to compel along with attorney fees and costs, um, and now you're on the hook for that attorney's fees and costs, which can be generating to thousands of dollars. And that's definitely not the way that you want to go. So let's go ahead and look at witness subpoenas. So unfortunately, uh, my computer, my presentation didn't want to work too well on this one. So we don't have a sample one on the screen for this, but it's certainly with MCLE, so you can take a look at that. But the formatting is all the same, so nothing different with that. And uh, we've talked about briefly what a witness subpoena is. So the witness subpoena is a court order requiring a person to appear in court uh, or appear at a trial on a certain day um, to testify as a, uh, as a witness uh, for a certain subject matter, all right? And we went over, most importantly, the fees, 
sometimes people forget that. So the, the, the fees have to be remitted, um, the, either through you or if you do choose to use a constable, sometimes they will also uh, remit it on your behalf, but it will come in through your, you know, the fee that you ultimately have to, to pay or the client has to pay or however that arrangement is. But the rule does say that witness fees are $6 a day and 10 cents a mile for travel from home or an unusual place of business or for employment. And that's something that you definitely want to specify to your client um, because trial is expensive. 